There is a um, woman named uh, Dr. Jan Helper um, that has been on Elijah's streams, and uh, wow, she is uh, she's an amazing person, uh, Christian patriot, um, and um, she's been giving reports uh, with Steve Schultz, and man, is she um, filling in some blanks. Um, I really recommend, what's that? Dr. Jan Helper, 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 H-A-L-P-E-R, is that correct? What's that? Hayes is the last, yeah, Hayes. She, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 she's, um, she's an amazing little woman, really sweet, really neat. Um, she, I don't know if it was the record, but she, no, it wasn't a record, but she, this woman deadlifted, you know, weights, I think, I think 358 pounds, when she was in competition, she weighed 105 pounds when she did that. So um, she, she's been places and she is now on a task force for Space Force, uh, which is a mysterious, a mysterious entity of the armed services that Donald Trump started. And um, she explains more things about who they are, what they do, and uh, she's, she's on that, and so uh, it's, it's really good stuff. She's been on a couple times, and I've just loved listening to her. So um, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's get there. I don't know if you've followed the news this week. Um, it's been wild, rough. You know, like, uh, wow, wow, wow. And um, unless you go hide your head in a hole someplace in the sand, um, eventually you, you catch wind of, of some of the um, things that these, um, these Palestinian radicals, demonstrators, different ones, they say it, it is so hard to listen to the rage, the anger, the... Uh, uh, and they are preaching in our states, in our streets. Um, they're in New York City doing demonstrations and uh, declaring that Allah is the only God and everybody else is an infidel and you need to be done away with. I mean, they're speaking this in public. So um, it, it's hard. And um, you listen to that, it's just, you can't hold it. stirs up something not good in you, you know, <laughs> like, hey. <laughs> you know, back to that, love it or leave it. Either love our nation and our country and our constitution or please go, you know, please leave. So, um, yeah, it's a whole whole thing. And if you meditate on it, think about it too, too long or let it get to you, it can get you angry. Like you just want to go, you know, retaliate. And uh, that that's no good. That doesn't work. But you do get to see the opposite spectrum, it makes you appreciate the Lord God. And we declare he, Jehovah, is the true Lord. He is the one Lord of all. And on top of being awesome and phenomenal, he's compassionate. Their God is one nasty son of a gun. I don't, they don't like each other, let alone, you know, and it's like that comes out of that thing. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you even serve that? Like it's, there's such a, a bad spirit that catches people up into it. 
but our, our Father in heaven, like, he, he relates, he, he came down from his throne <laughs> to walk among us and be amidst, in the midst of us. And we, we get to worship him. And some of these things that we've taken for granted, like, don't do that. Don't take it for granted. Uh, let your light so shine. And there is a way for us to be proactive and, and do the right things and praise and worship. And this is why I referred to Dr. Jan Halper Hayes is that in the midst of how good, she, how much she knows and how just great, she, she emphasizes this, that she goes, I practice gratitude. This in the midst of all she sees and all she knows, I practice at gratefulness and, and gratitude. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And she's like, she, she knows the value of that. And she's encouraging people to participate in that. That's in our, in our culture, in our nation, in, in this, this thing that we're bringing forth, the kingdom, um, the true kingdom of God. And, um, and so I hear this from different people that practice gratitude, practice gratefulness. It's not a little thing. It's actually huge. And, and in our simple worships, our worship songs and our praise, we come, we sing a song. There's a power that gets released. These are the weapons of our warfare. We, we worship. Here's how you fight back. Here's how, we, how we, 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 we stand in a place and we believe for the Lord. And, and we, we, you, can, you don't have to fight in your flesh. You don't have to go at it that way. You won't, it, won't, it won't prove anything anyways. But when you, when you release your own song and you practice staying in the presence and worshiping, it's powerful. Uh, Mike Bickle would always give testimony to this when he discovered the, the vineyard music, vineyard worship. And uh, he, he really was a big part of that for a while. His church originally um, was, was a vineyard church for a, a good while. Of course, I'm going back quite a few years. But he, his testimony is, is that they came into this group of, of people that, that just, they just worshiped. They didn't even do warfare. They just sang praises and, and worship. And people, were getting, people would get healed. People would be infect, affected by, by that. You don't have to go fight a spiritual war in, in that sense. Like, it just was good in the contrast, crass, of some of the striving and the, and the going after things. And it's like, that all has its place. I don't want to take it away, but, but there's such a value in just your, just your release a song. In your car, release a song. I sing over my grandchildren every chance I get. Release a song. Release a song in your house. Release a song where, where you are. Don't under, underestimate the power. This is the power. And the Lord delights in that and comes to that. So I shared last week uh, out of Deuteronomy 30. I want to revisit this because the Lord, he's making a very passionate plea to his people. He's, he's giving them the moon. He's promising them, I will take care of you. I will bless you. I'll restore you. I will do all these things. But in the midst of that, there's this, however, however, 
This, this is it. I'm drawing a line. Like, do not worship other gods. Do not leave or forsake. If you stay in covenant with me, if you stay in this marriage with me, I'll be your husband. I'll totally take care of you and bless you and love you. If you violate that, you're <laughs> it's not going to be good. And he's, he's just putting this notice out to them. And it's a healthy thing. I remember when Phyllis and I were just friends and whatever we, whatever we were for three years before we, boom, decided to get married. I, I remember clearly the night, and I was a little confused, as most young men are, about what I was doing. Am I coming? Am I going? You know, whatever. And, and in, the, in a, a very appropriate way, one evening at her house, as I dropped her off, whatever we were, we did something together, and she, she let me know she was ready to get married. Like, it's either you or, you know, or get off the bus, you know, that thing. Only it wasn't manipulative. It was just giving me a notice about something. And I, but she had never been at that place before. And I went, oh, I want to be that guy. I'll be right back. Honestly, that was exactly how we left it that night. I had something to resolve. And, and I did a loose end, truly a totally loose that had to be that had to be tied up so that I could be that person. And I mean, real quickly, boom, boom, boom. We were engaged and we're married seven weeks later. Well, we'd known each other for three years, fought each other for seven years. We had, you know, we were like oil and water. Like it was, wow, it was a ride. But she would challenge me. She would not stroke my ego. She would bust it up, you know. She would disagree with things. I was so opinionated and always thought I was right, and she disagreed with that. I'm like, what? But this was the woman God had designed for me that I would be able to stay married to. It doesn't matter how much you don't believe in divorce. So you, you're in the right situation. Like It, it falls apart. It's, bad. it's, it's hard. I, I'm, I'm aware I also would have failed in any if it wasn't with her. I mean, that's kind of what you get to this point where you realize, wow, babe, good thing you came in. It's been rough, but I wouldn't have made it with anybody else. Like, no one else would have made it with me. God's giving this same speech to Israel. It's, I just want you to feel the passion. Like, he loves them. He wants them. He found them. He saved them. He rescued them. He's been patient with me, him. They come, they go, they come, they go. He's delivers them one more time he he it's his invitation he's inviting them to be his people do you understand that about the lord he invites you into this thing that we call christianity discipleship lordship he invited you do you understand how big of a deal that is he invited you he, he was the headhunter looking for, you know, someone to, you know, that it looked for people to employ. He, he, was, he looked for you. He found you. He even extends this invitation out among the Gentiles. Originally, it's his chosen people we see here in Deuteronomy. And then that gets extended. And he invites us in to this amazing covenant promises. 
Not a promise that you'll never have troubles, but a promise I'll always be there. Not a, not a promise there'll never be enemies, but a, but a promise that I'll always help you overcome your enemies. I, I will be there for you. I will never forsake you. I will not leave you. I will lead you. I'll consistently be here. If anyone leaves, it will be you. It comes to this place where he says, choose. And in verse, um, in, uh, he's like, who, this, 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 this isn't rocket science. It's not that difficult in verse 11. And this is pre-New Testament. This is pre-grace, if there is such a thing. For this commandment, which I command in verse 11, you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it too far off. The beauty of the true simple thing of God inviting us in is simple. It's not complicated. God himself, he's like, this isn't mysterious. I choose you. I invite you to be my people. What do you say? It is not in verse 12, in heaven, that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word, verse 14, here's the language of what we have to walk in, what we need, what we're invited to walk in. But the word is very much near you in your mouth, so this has never changed. It has to be in your mouth. It has to be in your mouth now. The formula of Christianity, walk up front, give Jesus your heart, da-da-da, do this, dot, the, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's, and walk out. Like, it's more than that. It's reality. It's really coming into this. It needs to become this, this belief we have, these promises, it needs to come be in our mouth. You don't just check off, sign up, jump in the bus and start riding and, and not have this in your mouth. Not have, you, you need to step into a mode. And I, I'm talking about this because I was reluctant to do, have to do that. There was like this entitlement thing like in my mind, even through much of my Christian life. I shouldn't have to ask for that. Have you ever had that attitude? Well, why should I ask God for that? He should, it should give it to me. Why should I have to pray about that? Shouldn't it just be? I mean, after all, right? You find people resisting this part where you've got to stand up. It's got to be in your mouth. You've got to declare it. You've got to confess it. You have to believe the promises. He says, it's very near you, it's in your mouth, and it's in your heart that you may do it. So we're in a, in your mouth, in your heart, and a, a do it. See, I've set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land which you go to possess. That, that's everything we want. They bless you, you and yours keep you. Bless you in your land. 
take care of you, heal your diseases. It's, it's a package. It's all there. It's a great policy. Buy it now. Engage now. Say yes. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, oh, we would never. <laughs> oh, but we do. I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Choose life. Choose life. It's, an, it's, a whole, it's a whole mindset to choose life. Too long I was a Christian that didn't choose life. I didn't choose life. It, it's a mindset. If you worry, you're not choosing life. You're not choosing this. If you're full of anxiety, if you're full of anger, entitlement, all those issues, those defy the fact that this is yours. Real sons and daughters live in security under their parents, right? They're, someone come along and hey, you're not allowed to live here anymore. They'll be like, huh, this is that little boy that's at school goes, my dad's going to beat up your dad. That's where that all comes from. I might not be big enough to beat you up, but my dad will come and beat your dad up. You know, like we're going to have this out. What is that? That's a son with confidence in, in his father. Like, don't tell me I can't have something. Don't tell me something's not mine because I'm a son. I'm a, I know where I come from. I know what I have. And, and, and the same thing in the Lord. We need to come to this place We go, I know what the Lord has promised me. And you come up against the battle, a thief comes and steals, kills, destroy, and you go, oh, no, oh, no, oh, heck no. You give that back. I want my health back. I want my life back. I want my kids back. I want my stuff back. Because he has promised me, and if I stay and walk in a good place with him, he will take care of me. He will fulfill his promise to me. And this choosing life, blessing, choosing blessing, Life versus death, blessing versus cursing, it's a mindset. So when we have Christians that live in cursing, in that aura, that's a violation. That, that's not supposed to be. If you have a Christian who doesn't believe that the Lord wants to bless them and they're living in blessing, that's... That's not the package. That's something else. An enemy has told you that. And like this is just kind of grow, like really growing, exploding. And like this really, I'm realizing how, how, how very important this is. And the declarations that we make and learning that we need to make declarations that you have power. We fuss and worry about things. How about just declaring something that you believe is the word of God? How about that? Instead of getting together, how's it going? Well, da 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 da. You know, there's a there's an upbeat. What da 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 da. You know, 
Like, give, give that song. Give that story. Give that story that starts here and goes up. Not that story that starts here and goes down. And pretty soon they're down. You're both down. You walk out depressed. That happens with us all the time. We're on the phone. We're on the, Whatever. Watch over yourself. It's so easy to fall into this. And some demon is sitting there going, this is great. They just, they just set their own doom. I don't even have to do anything. A little delay in a promise and they're ready to quit. Nothing's going to work out. Right? So I go over to um, Kevin and Jenna's new house, my mother-in-law's house, old house. And now... Uh, we're in and out and doing things, and Phyllis there, and <clears throat> and uh, there's a contractor working there, and uh, doing things remote, doing the, the bathroom, and working the kitchen, and doing some drywall, and this and that, and so um, I just happened to be there. Probably was Monday morning because boy, this was really fresh. I just had shared this about blessing and cursing and living in this mindset on Sunday, and so. I'm, I'm there, I'm there, I have one little thing to do, and then I'm back to what else, what other I'm doing. So I'm, I don't plan to be there long, it's just a chance that I'm there, and I'm there. It's a beautiful morning, and, and he pulls in with his truck and his trailer because he has materials. It's a Monday, or whatever day it was. And, and, he, and I've met him, and he's a really neat guy, he's a Christian, and uh, we, we start to talk, he goes, wow. So grateful you're, you don't know how significant it is that you're here today. And, and I'm listening to him, and he, and he begins to explain, oh, this, is, this is something that needs to leave us, like, uh, but I've been here. There's a, there's a mindset, like, you don't think you should ask the Lord for anything that's selfish, that's natural. And uh, he had a, uh, a helper that worked with him, but for whatever reason, he doesn't have one right now. And so it's hard when he's by himself and he has all this uh, two pallets full of flooring to, to get into the house, like, and cabinets and, and stuff in the trailer. So he does have stuff to unload. It's going to take a lot of time to do it by himself. And um, he, he's like, you know, I said, oh, yeah, I can help you. And, he, and he began, he's like, I prayed, like, and there was like... And, and I heard it, and I start to grin to myself. Like, I, I probably shouldn't ask. Like, I'm feeling selfish about it. I'm like, oh, my God. There's only, I wasn't criticizing him. I was like, I know that. I know that rhetoric. I know that speech. I know that thought. And in, in comparison with a, a father in heaven that invites us into covenant, it's like, I'll be your Everything. You need help. Help. Ask help. Ask me. I'll be there. I'll send help. I'll, and I, I was so aware that because the Lord loves him and he's, he's actually, he's a believer, he's, like, he's a really neat guy, that the Lord made sure I was there for him. And I just grin. I'm like, he goes, you don't realize that. I'm like, I do. I just preached this yesterday. Like, I, I know. If you can make the, the transition to start living in blessing, you'll realize that's study this. This is about studying this. This isn't about you. You'll realize that that sets up things to start happening for you. Have you ever watched somebody that gets all the breaks? Have you ever really asked the question why? And we, we, we see that. We feel that often, you know. You always feel that when somebody, something else is going good for somebody else and it's not for you, then we always, we go there. We shouldn't, but we do. 
The reality is, though, if you can make this adjustment to start just believing the Lord, everything you go to worry about and you're stressed about and how is this going to work out and just go, my father's going to go before me and he's going to make arrangements for me. Everything will be fine. I still have to fight that. I still have to fight that to stay out of that thing. I start this being worried, preoccupied. Pretty soon I can't sleep right. I'm fussing. I'm conniving. I'm conniving. I'm, you know, trying to figure it all out. I have conflict in my heart just because I need something. I'm not sure how it's going to work out. And to just go, no, everything's going to be fine. I mean, that hits me on any pre-Sunday when I'm trying to get a message or know what to share or working on worship music. And I, it's like, oh, Lord, what? And that feeling starts coming and the stress starts. and It just, it just begins on you. It starts picking at, eating at you. And if you don't watch over it, it'll have you down pretty seriously. But if we develop this this blessing, this mentality of the Lord's going to bless, he's blessing me. He wants to bless. He invited me into it. Then things start happening out ahead of you to prepare the way. I knew all you have to do is walk. You have to obey the spirit. Don't be irresponsible about things. But in these things that they're just difficult to know how, what, where, well, just start. I challenge you. Just see. Because your attitude in this belief system will change the environment. It will change this. It will make a difference. It is a matter of are you living in life or are you living in death? Are you living in blessing or are you living in cursing? I choose life. I choose blessing. And Jesus wants me to. And then I apply these promises. We got an upgrade from these people. We got grace. Grace came. And grace empowers. Grace is about empowering you to live righteously. It empowers you. It gives you the ability to do what these people kept failing in. We really have no excuse. We really have no excuse. I, I know we can have some really tough, challenging situations and, 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 uh, that come, come to us. It's not that it's easy, but what you're doing isn't helping. No matter if you do it twice as much. If you worry twice as much, it doesn't help. If you cut your wrists and, you know, go after yourself, does it help? No. You can't self-persecute, deny yourself, beat yourself, flail yourself. That, But you can believe and you can make a declaration and you can start declaring good things. And, and this matters. It matters big. And it keeps you from going down the, right, the wrong road. It keeps that thing from, from manifesting. Because pretty soon, what you're, what you're angry about, what you're, that manifests. It has a life of its own. And then I added into this, I threw this wrench into the gearbox last week, bringing up quantum physics, which, like, uh, yeah, not really qualified to even say the name, let alone anything else. However, there are some fascinating things about it. It's fascinating because all of a sudden, you begin to understand the power of what Jesus said. 
And, and, and it's all through there. So the Lord gives us commands. There are, there are things here in this covenant we need to keep. Every wife needs to love her husband, right? It's even in our New Testament. Love your husbands. Why is that there? Because sometimes it's hard to love your husband. He can be a jerk. He can be self-centered. He can be whatever, MIA. They'll give you, if you don't have any reasons yet, just wait till the day's out, they'll give you one. An exhortation, husbands, love your wives. Why? Because you're going to have to stop thinking about yourself for a minute and, and, and love them for who they are. To be patient. To be kind. To listen to a story. That matters to them. You, you miss that? Your, your life's going to go rougher. It just take a, take a minute and listen. You'll be okay. Take pills or something, but call, call that, listen, right? It's always the complaint. I mean, it's not like it's new. Oh, my. In the little booklet I had last week, um, Annette Caps, she gets to this section. The thing's little. It's powerful, though. And she gets into this section towards the end about controlling beliefs. That's, that's, what we're fat, that's what we're fighting against. Controlling beliefs, and they need identified because those beliefs are what, what direct you and cause you to think the way you think and to act the way you act. And if they're not lined up with, like, it takes the word to counter those beliefs. Sometimes they don't go right away. They're hidden. They're tough. You don't even realize it's, it's the language in your self-talk. It's, it's there. It takes the Holy Spirit to reveal it. It's so, it's so much, feels like it's so much you that you can't catch it. I just caught one recently, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I've been, that's been, you know, it's kind of like a repeat, like a, 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 a recording, and it's a message. It's a phrase or words, some words, and it's playing in your mind, and you just think, it's, I don't know what we think. It's just there subliminally playing. And all of a sudden in the spirit, this is what I would hope for all of you, uh, the Holy Spirit highlights it. Go, hey, hey, what's that? Points at it. You go. Because he's saying, that's not me. Is it you? Well, no, no, I, w- I wouldn't say that. I thought it was you. You know, is that thing. It's a real thing. It's a, it's a big thing. If that's playing in your mind and you don't address it, you don't acknowledge it and cast say, stop. It's not hard. It's just seeing it as the hard thing. Hearing, realizing, that's, that's been running. It, I, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to give personal examples. It's just like, it's just crazy how it gets slipped in there. So we want to find those things. And then, and then we, we start to look then at, at the um, at scriptures and the promises that we have, and this is what we really need to um, to fight this with. I have this in it was it was in the comfort text this week. I I, I started on uh, on on Monday and and started going through like Ephesians six ten. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand, stand, the word stand, 
to stand. Like, I don't want to stand. Stand. Standing is when you get up and you, you're, you're, you're in, you change your posture. Standing posture is you're ready for something. You're, sta- you're not sitting. You're not just letting whatsoever come. You, when you stand, you're like you're in, a, in a, a more aggressive, ready to defend yourself, ready to, in a good way, stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. So be, in, be infused with strength. How often is it just me? Or does this thing start and you're like, I'm tired. I'm worn out. Like there's a fatigue. I don't know if I have the internal strength to deal with this, to face this, to continue on, to keep going. And it slips in and there's no one around. No one else hears it but you. And it starts. And and if you don't counter that with a promise, then it just seems like the reality. Yeah? Do you know how often we say I'm tired. A lot. It's socially acceptable. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm too. I'm so tired. I'm not going to deny that you're not feeling tired. But beware, because that leads you to complacency and other things start coming in. And now you won't just be tired, you'll be depressed. It begins somewhere. Have you ever asked the question, where did this start? Well, it started here. So you stop and you go, no, that's, that's not my lot in life to be fatigued. I don't care how old I am. I don't care what's going on. There's, there's something else to, to, to tap into. So you, you start quoting the word. Speak it. Put it in your mouth. It's in your mouth. Remember what is in Deuteronomy? It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. Don't just stay there. Don't call up somebody that will agree with you about it. Find someone that will say, no, stop it. What are you doing? Okay. I had to get that in. I know what it means to lack. This is in, um, this is in Philippians 4. It was on um, whatever day. I forget what day I published this. This will be Tuesday, I think. Um, I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. So this is Paul. Like, I know. I've been, on, I've bo- been in both sides. Sometimes you're broke. Sometimes you're like, hey, I've got stuff, you know? And, and it can be like either or, and it's not a matter of one's righteous and one's not, or one's spirit. It's like, we'd love to live in that abundance all the time. Why not? However, life, Paul, in the perfect will of God, is like, I've lived without, I've lived with. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. There you go. Are you trained in the secret? The secret is thankfulness. The, thing, the secret is gratefulness. The secret is I'm blessed. No matter what it looks like right now, I know what's coming. My provision is just around that corner. In due time. In the Lord's time. He'll fulfill his promises. Whether in fullness or in hunger, I find that strength of Christ's explosive power infused me to conquer every difficulty. That needs to be in our mouth. That's what needs to be in our mouth. You're infused by him to overcome every difficulty. Something with your children, something with your husband, something with your church, something with your community, something with... The IRS, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that can harass us in these days, you know? The bank. 
and you have got to get a grip on yourself, and you allow, you allow yourself to, to respond to this stuff in the flesh, you'll walk into something half-cocked. Now, that's, you're in trouble. And Christians can be some of the most unhinged people on the planet. I don't know why we go there, but we do. You know, it's like domestic violence. Why? Because it's so intense. There's so much compassion there's so much, everything's on the line, and you feel a violation. You're ready like, ah, ninja warrior. You know, you're going to go after somebody. Because of the intimacy and the potential violation of intimate things. It's high. It's high. It can get really hot. And the same with us as, as believers. We can, we can fall into this mode where we're getting victimized and where someone's taking or stealing from us. We're ready to, to go after it. One more scripture. I mean, of course, the Bible's loaded with this. You, this is Romans 8, 11. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, okay, what else do we need to say? Resurrection life is in you. That's what you have in him. You have resurrection life. So this week, this stuff hits you, go, well, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not living in that. I'm not going after that. I'm not repeating it. I have resurrection life. This is what you do. You start, use your mouth to declare the change. It's legal. It's not weird. And if you've had a hard time with it in the past, get over it. If you're like, I shouldn't have to fight for this. Ah, but you do. It's either this or let the enemy steal from you. You choose. Either be in life and blessing or be in curse and death. Like it's because that's what that other thing is, isn't it? It is. And we get this in the innermost place of our lives, in our households, at the, in the kitchen, in our conversations. What a difference it'll make. You know, if you talk that way, you're going to encourage the other people you're talking to. How you doing? Ah, it's it's a little challenging right now. However, the Lord said it'll be it'll be it will be okay. And encourage each other in the truth, not in who done you wrong. I know this is like nasty stuff. <clears throat> this will come to an end. So um, add into this now this concept of quantum physics, which. It's been around a while, um, and um, <coughs> it's fascinating. And um, this is uh, a man named Emerson Farrell, and he's written a book. I've had it for a while. I never got it down, Quantum Fasting. So he puts quantum along with fasting. Yeah, good book, as you can imagine. But so he gets into some of this. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what I've needed to, to see and find. Let me read some. Do you remember the picture of the atom when you went to school in science and that, that picture where there's a center and there's all these things around it? There's, pro, you know, the, there's neurons and electrons and protons, and they're kind of all circling around this. That was the old concept. Scientists who established the traditional model 
of an atom held the belief that electrons orbited the nucleus of the atom, much like planets rotate around the sun. However, the electron microscope discovered it was not that way at all. Huh. Their beliefs were inaccurate. Imagine that. Electrons do not orbit around the nucleus of an atom in a uniform pattern, but are rather clouds of energy flashing in every direction simultaneously. And the other picture, you wouldn't be able to see it, but it's just, it's one dot and then all of this other around it, just tiny dots, and that they're always, they're all moving. This is going to be something you can take home with you and scratch your head about today. This seems to indicate that electrons are in many places at the same time. The invisible world of energy is a mystery to science and does not conform to its theories and laws. Atoms are 99.99% space. Empty space. So, what prevents objects from passing through one another? Question. Each atom vibrates at a certain frequency according to their composition of electrons, protons, and neutrons. Electrons surrounding the atom form a cloud that either repels or attracts other atoms with the same vibration. Therefore, it only appears as if you are walking on a concrete sidewalk. I may lose some of you with this. The electrons of the concrete are repelling the electrons of your sneakers. And in reality, you are hovering over the sidewalk. Everybody still here? Research suggests these clouds or waves of electrons change or blink into view from time to time and form particles of matter. This is important to understand because science is desperate to learn why energy becomes matter. It is also fascinating from a Christian's perspective to read the term blinking in the context of the letter Paul wrote to the Corinthians. It will happen suddenly quicker than the blink of an eye, in the twinkling of an eye. At the sound of the last trump, the dead will be raised. We will all be changed so that we will never die again. Our dead and decaying bodies will be changed into bodies that won't die or decay. The spiritual realm is what science calls energy. Christian, Christ determines what will be visible or invisible. Eternity resides inside of Christ. And Paul knew this after his encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This is Colossians 1.16. Fascinating scripture. All things hold together. We know this verse. Anybody understand it? Like, have you read it and went, wow, what's that? Paul's encounter on the road to Damascus was profound, and it was necessary for him to fast from food and drink. And, he, and this is about fasting as well, so he throws this stuff in, which is excellent. It's really good. And then he says, let me jump down. The authority over the visible world begins with a relationship with the author of both dimensions. 
The voice of Christ is the invisible and immeasurable frequency uniting all things in the material world. The sound of his word, capital W, creates energy and forms matter. Those who have had a personal encounter with Christ know his voice. The sound of his voice is the frequency of life, both visible and invisible. Wow. The word of the Lord just got an upgrade. It's more than just words. Do you understand the power of even your Bible? You can go home and sleep on it tonight. But what actually is powerful about it is you speaking what it says. That, that's when the power happens. That's when the change happens. We, have, we need to declare it, speak it. We give it, like it, it. we give it that existence. Before that, it's just read. It's just written. But when you speak it, the invisible world of energy materializes into the physical through a phenomenon known as, this is weird, but this is scientific terminology, collapsed wave function. So when these waves are moving in these very microscopic, like small, it repels and has, has a strength to it. If that collapses, it's like uh, something that would be deflated. If you can picture that. I mean, this is weird until you realize the two magnets put the wrong way do what? Without any, they repel each other, don't they? I mean, if you have them the wrong direction with one another, you, if it's a strong enough, you can't even get them together, right? And if they're the right way, you can't even get them apart. So that is a, an example of you can't see that. Can you? Can you see the magnetic force that's in? I mean, I, I'm always looking at the sky and the moon. It's been beautiful lately, and you know, up there, and you know, it's like it affects Earth so far away, set in the perfect place. It pulls the ocean to this way, and then back out, back in, back out. Wow. Can you see that force? No. Electrical fields, here let me finish this, this paragraph. This describes the process of electrons materializing from the invisible dimension of energy into the physical word of matter. The reasons for this have been the topic of research for years. Electrical fields of unseen energy surround all organic life. The energy from human beings emits frequencies or vibrations consistent with the individual. Science has determined that energy becomes matter after the cloud or energy surrounding the atom encounters a frequency or vibration that alters its electromagnetic field. The energy from the person observing the invisible world directly affects the nature and character of the atom, changing it from energy to matter. This is this now. So now we moved a step weirder.
But this is what they're proving. These things respond to being observed. Wow, wow, wow. The unseen world is directly affected by our spiritual nature in ways that create divine meetings with the Holy Spirit. These clandestine rendezvous are destined for us to meet our Heavenly Father. This will change how you think about yourself and the presence that you carry and, and the power that's actually you. And then the redeemed effect that you have on everything. That when you believe and you posture yourself for blessing, things out there are getting orchestrated because you're coming. I'm telling you, with this contractor that I met earlier this week, I, 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 was, I didn't go into my message with him. I could have, but I, I just didn't. But I'm, I was giddy. I'm like, this is, this is blessing. This is like, this is that thing. Like, I was placed, I, it was orchestrated for me to be there just at the right time. I, honestly, I wasn't going to be there long. I had something to sand that I had fixed the day before, and then I was going to be back doing other things. I was going to be gone. I was there at exactly the right, right time. And I was so aware, wow, I, the Lord loves him and made sure I would be here just at the right place to do this for him, be a blessing to him. No apologies. He didn't have to feel bad about it. It was great to ask and desire it. He's like, almost like, I know I shouldn't ask. It's like, yeah, you should ask. Ask. Because your father invited you into this relationship. Tell yourself that a hundred times this week. Your father invited you into this. He came and found you. You didn't find him. He, he opened the door for this, for you to be his. For you to be chosen. For you to be blessed and not cursed. For you to live and not die. He came and found you. He revealed this to you. You're not in the dark. You're in the light. So let's Let's go. Let's get out of that halfway in, halfway out. Let's, let's eradicate the rest of this, this thinking and this mentality and these, these things that, that are holding us down. I, I read scriptures and these promises and I'm like, I'm not there yet. I, it's not okay. There's more. I know there's more. How do I break through this, this earthy mentality like this is the road. Consciousness is another way of describing the energy a person releases because of his or her beliefs. If you don't get upset at this or at me, and just kind of stay calm and listen with an open mind. Now, it can sound new agey, and here's, here's what's rough. They've gotten a hold of some of this stuff. Now, they've put some weird doctrines with it, so, but they, it's, it's not that the science is wrong that they have. It's, it's, it's the, you know, it's the theology they put with it and where they go. And this is what Emerson is saying in this book. It's like, but we're the true sons. We're the true daughters. And, and, and we need to walk in this. It's, it's at our fingertips and it changes everything. 
affected by our, his or her beliefs. Therefore, when one prays or thinks about something invisible, that energy interacts with the electromagnetic shell around those invisible atoms, which change energy into matter. Oh my gosh. Say to this mountain, speak to this tree. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. In other words, the unseen world is filled with limitless potentials waiting for activation from someone. Might as well be me. Therefore, according to science, the act of observation is both the cause and effect in the creation of the material universe. Furthermore, the observer subconsciously determines the reality of this world through preconceived beliefs. Jesus came to change your beliefs. Because if your beliefs are changed, your potential is totally heightened. You can walk on water. Yeah? I mean, Peter might have got wet in that situation, but I want to point out something. He did walk on water before he sank. I, I can't get that far. He did walk on, he did defy that. Jesus invited him out. As long as he didn't think about where he was, what he was doing, he was good. Took a couple steps and then, ah! This isn't less of what we believe. This is more of it. This is the full package. We're just at a very subliminal tapping into spiritual things and faith. There's so much more. So many people around us need, need this. Have you been around people that just make you feel better? Just And you're like, wow, what, what are you carrying? It's true. You carry life and you will affect people. Hence, our physical world is not solid, but rather energy and matter whirling in lightning speeds, producing the illusion of solidity. The reality of that illusion is further compounded by the collective consciousness of society. So it goes on and continues to, to quote scriptures. Um, It, it just it just goes on. There's there's so much. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pull up because it, but it just continues on. Like this is like wow, wow, wow. Let's look at um, one more scripture, and I will close with that. It is First Peter, Second Peter, one, three, and four. I'll read it out my translation from Second Peter. Boom. So here's the question as I read. Does this describe you? This is, this is Peter speaking to us. Chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 of Second Peter. Everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us 
through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, we can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires uh, that are of the world. So are you experiencing divine, you know, partnership with the divine nature? Are you there? Do you like, yeah, that's me. I'm in. I'm, I'm there. Or is it still that thing like, wow, I, I got to get there. I want to get there. You can get there. All, all of these things, they're given to us. And, and so much of it is like, this is what happened to you when you believed in Jesus. And we're like, I had no idea. Yeah? What are, what is the height, the depth, the width, and the breadth of the revelation of Jesus? How high is it? How deep? How wide? How, this, the kingdom, this, these promises that, we, that have been given to us. We need a spirit of revelation to come on us, as Ephesians says, so that we can comprehend what we have. Because when you get that, it'll change how you talk, it'll change what you do, and it will change things before you and behind you. I want to be that person that affects in a godly way wherever I'm at. And this heavy, worrying, self-consumed person, I want that to go away like forever. I want to be that person that has the right word at the right time, that speaks life. I'm just so aware of every, the words of my mouth. We've even got to be careful with our jesting and our teasing, like beware. It's, it's a danger, it's a slippery slope. And if it wounds somebody, it's not that funny. If you're wasting time because you're nervous or whatever other reason you're, I don't know, why do we do that? And it's not that you have to be rigid. Like, I love laughing. I love, I love feeling close to people and being able to, you know, not be in fear about what you say and what you do. It's wonderful. But have this consciousness I've been so, I mean, this is this thing. I mean, I don't know what's on, what's on you. What level of, of uh, authority do you carry? And, and for years, I'm like, I don't get it. Somebody else can say the exact same thing that I did, and no, it doesn't matter. And then I come along and speak it or say it or just have a look, and I'm in trouble. Like, what's, what's going on? And I've learned that there, there's an authority with my words, and, I, and it goes good or bad. I've got to be careful. I have to have wisdom, and, I, and it's like there, there's a thing there, and I, I can't afford to be reckless. That would be the word I want to use. Don't be reckless with your words. Don't be reckless with your beliefs. Don't be reckless with your presence. So if you're carrying this and we're just scratching the surface of what, what's here in Christ, it's like, like we're not going to get a new Jesus. We don't need one. 
We just need the one we originally believed in. We just need to get it and get it completely in so that we are changed different people. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for all these promises and help us to get here. Today, we have one thing to say. We choose life. We choose life. We choose blessing. Today, I choose. I decide to choose that I will live and not die, that there is life in me emanating from me that has come to me through you, Jesus, and that there's blessing coming, that things are going to change ahead of me to provide what I need to do your purposes, that I will be a blessing to people and not a hindrance, that I'll be the head and not the tail, that I will be in tune and in time with you because of your spirit, because of what I choose. I choose to follow you. I choose to be your disciple. I choose to have the full, to understand the full impact of what you've come to be and mean to me, Jesus. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In Luke 22, Jesus said to his disciples, I have a fervent desire to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. So that verse this week really hit me, uh, just, just where his heart was in the moment. So he fully knew what was, what was going to happen, but yet his desire was to be with his followers. And, and I guess in my head, I had always saw this as a passing of the torch moment. Uh, but, but this word fervent means an intense or uh, <clears throat> a, real, a real burning. So he had this burning desire to be with his followers in this moment. That's where his heart was. And so what this means for us is if, if you believe he is who he says he is, and if you believe that he's the God that never changes, he's got that same desire for us today as we meet with him, as we partake it in communion at the table. So I just wanna release that word. I wanna declare that this morning. Jesus, that you are who you say you are. And that same intense desire, that same intense passion that you had for your disciples, you have for us today. You have for us today at the communion table as we receive. Father, we're, we're excited this morning to receive your embrace. There's an embrace this morning. It's as you receive, just, just step into it. Come expecting. Come expecting Jesus at the table. Oh, we thank you that we get to serve a living, breathing God who has passion for us, who is waiting for us, 
with anticipation. He's waiting for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.